Welcome to another episode of the Chronically Healing Podcast with your hosts, Jesse Fritz and Christina Sangera. We, as usual, are very excited to have you. This interview with Mandy, Mandy, I don't know why I said it like that, <laughs> Podlesny, was wonderful. And I feel like we touched on so many things that are so relatable. And I like mm -hmm. that, I just like her approach to everything. My gosh, she was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. What was one of your standouts from the interview that you want people to kind of take away? I really liked, we dove into nutrition and I think that for me, nutrition is always a, a piece of the healing journey that is very triggering, which we also talk about being triggered a lot in this episode, but, um, because I feel like having a disordered eating past and all this stuff, a lot of these like chronic illness, quote unquote diets can be very, um, just terrible for your mental health and then your overall physical health. And I know that Mandy helps people with their diets, but she is more of like an empower. What does she call herself? An empowering empowered diet eating. coach. Yeah. Empowered okay. eating coach. And, and I think that that's so helpful because I think at different parts of our life, um, as different people, different things are going to work and different things aren't going to work and finding someone to work with or a friend or somebody that's going to kind of walk you through that versus being like, you have to be keto. You have to be paleo. You have to be this, which, um, I've had coaches like this and doctors like this. So I think that was really just interesting to talk about and to get her perspective and to see like how she's changed the way that she approaches things in her own life, as well as with her clients. Um, I really enjoyed that. What about you? Agree. I also like how this interview paralleled with another one we recently did where we talked about tuning into the body, listening to the body, mm -hmm. the dangers of too much data, and how we mm -hmm. live in a world where we want to quantify every last thing about our bodies. And sometimes that's not necessary, nor is it healthy based on where we might be on our journey. It can actually be more triggering and cause more mental anguish than we had mm -hmm. anticipated. So I like that we talked about that. I think baseline labs, blood work is helpful, but I'm right. talking about the data that gets real deep and then you just worry that something's wrong that you can't fix. Oh yeah, and... like the DNA tests I've done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you look at that and you think, okay, great, I'm completely imperfect. There's nothing I can do. Have a great yeah, life. Yeah, I can never hit my head because I'm prone to concussions. Apparently, <laughs> so, right? You know, yeah. I like that we touched on that because even as a coach, when I'm working with clients, I do the minimum amount because I really do like to tap into, we also talk about foundational pillars of health. I really like to tap into the foundational things first, because mm -hmm. quite frankly too, let's, if we can save the money on getting all of these tests, that's wonderful right. too. I don't think we need every single thing. I think if we do the basics, that can be a great starting point. So I like that a lot. And I also just like the flow of the conversation. I felt like we all really vibed. I think our listeners mm -hmm. will really enjoy that. Not that we don't with other guests, but Mandy's just a really cool chick. I really enjoyed yeah. her, her vibe. I'm kind of yeah. fangirling a little bit. We like the vibe. <laughs> well, and she gave a lot of really good tangible nuggets. And I, yeah. I love that you're always really great at like asking people for like a nugget for our, for our audience. And I think that she, she just gave some extra too throughout the, the interview of like tangible morning things that aren't just like go sit and meditate and, you know, journal, like just a few other, yeah, a few other like tangible things you can do or, um, tangible ideas around her different routines or different, um, what am I trying to say? But anyway, just tons of little nuggets throughout the, the episode that, um, that I think will be really helpful for you guys as well. Totally agree. So Jesse, before we start the interview, I definitely want to ask how your week is going. Mm. How is your week in the land of autoimmune loveliness? That's a great question. So actually, um, I think it was last week I had, I got some of my test results back because, and we can do an episode on this at some point, but I've been taking low dose naltrexone LDN yes, for, right. um, to help with, with how I've been feeling and some of the inflammation and other things that have been going on. My doctor's been trying to get me on LDN for years and I was like very not interested in taking another medication, but uh, finally got to the point where I wanted to, and my, uh, my antibodies were cut in half and my thyroid levels were still normal, but my antibodies were down, which is what LDN is, is helping usually is that autoimmune response within your body and that inflammatory response within your body. So that was a really great 
thing to see as well as, um, just talking with my, yeah, just talking with my naturopath. She, I still see my naturopath, thankfully, virtually from Chicago, because I just have not found anybody in the Raleigh, Durham area that is helpful for me. So, um, I'm still seeing her virtually every now and then. And, and she's really helpful. I will say my naturopath is like not great at being proactive with stuff, but she always, anything I come to her with, she's always really helpful and she never pushes me into things that I'm not ready for. So, um, it's always really nice getting to talk to her, but how have you been? I've been good. So for me, I did a month long hormone test, speaking of data, but this was important data. <laughs> and I basically spit into some tubes for a month. Mm. I, I know that my hormones are off. I've known it for a while and I just resisted getting the testing because life, busy, all the things. But at this point, my symptoms were pretty much warranting that I need to do that. So anyway, I spit into this these tubes for the entire <laughs> month. It sounds really sexy, as sexy as it sounds. It totally was, yeah. And <laughs> freeze my spit for the whole month. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yep. So come to find out I have low estrogen. Oh, interesting. Right? Isn't that weird? Because I usually think of women as having too much estrogen if yep. they're going to have a hormonal imbalance. And right. so now you know me. I'm always trying to find the root cause, but I do use Band-Aids until I can figure out what it is so I can actually enjoy life, sleep, you know, basics. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just trying to figure out where that might be coming from. I think for me, gut health, I noticed that even after pregnancy, things never fully got back to 100%. But mm -hmm. it was I th that type of data is helpful because with hormones, you can't guess. With mm -hmm. hormones, for example, I thought I had higher levels of estrogen. I ended up having low. So right. that was good. And then my naturopath adjusted my, I've been doing an herbal tincture for a while. I love herbs. Herbs are very mm -hmm. good because they kind of adapt to whatever your body needs mm -hmm. versus overriding your body. So she adjusted my tincture and also added some other things in there. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing that while I work on my gut and just try to figure, figure out why the heck my body's out of balance because I'm kind of, I'm only 34. So I don't think that there is necessarily a perimenopause thing going on unless right. I have really bad karma because <laughs> I'm not trying to go into perimenopause right now. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm actually feeling really good with the tincture adjustment and I've been eating more fermented foods to level mm -hmm. my gut. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've been, um, I've, you talked about fermented foods for a minute in the podcast today too. And yeah. it, it's something that I've always been afraid of because I went through SIBO. So, and I still feel like there's a little bit of that going yeah. on in there. So, but it always just makes me feel so good. So yeah. it's like finding the balance there of like finding eating for me, eating fermented food versus just having kombucha. Right. <laughs> right. Very different things. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but I've, I've been dealing with some of the bloating that I used to get with SIBO lately. So I'm like, what's, what's going on in there? But, but yeah, anyway, anyway, we're really excited for you guys to hear from Mandy today. We really loved our conversation. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the chronically healing podcast on your favorite platform, whichever network you would like to listen to us on would be great. And then make sure that you leave us a review. It really helps us grow and it helps us get into the ears of other people that need to hear from us. And as always, reach out to us over on Instagram, chronically healing podcast, or on our uh, Facebook community and let us know what you want to hear from us. And we're doing something pretty cool pretty soon on the, on the Facebook group. Do you want to tell them about that? Yeah. So we're going to be doing a live video videos in the Facebook group that will become repurposed podcast episodes. But here's the cool part. If you're in the Facebook group, you basically get early access to that particular episode. And there'll be kind of mini sods, probably 20, 30 minutes or so in length, maybe longer. We like to babble, so it could be yeah. longer. <laughs> and then you'll have the opportunity to ask us questions in real time, give us feedback, show us some love, because we always appreciate seeing you guys, giving you love in return. So I think mm -hmm. that'll be really fun. We we thought of the name Autoimmune Chronicles. So it'll, mm -hmm. it'll just be kind of, and what's cool about these is these are gonna be a little bit more educational on some of those. Mm -hmm. I think people will like that aspect. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper into certain topics, which is why, yes, get in the Facebook group, Chronically Healing Community. And then I'm thinking, Jesse, we could do maybe a poll or something in there mm -hmm. and we could ask people what they wanna hear about because that will also direct what we talk about in the autoimmune chronicles. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think we want to dive into some of our own personal experiences. I know we kind of touch on them within podcast episodes, but we want to really focus our, on our guests, but I think these will be, um, some of these will at least be a little bit more deep into our own journeys or things that, that we're going through as well, or things that have helped us. Um, so, so we're really excited about that, but yeah, make sure you go over and join the Facebook community. We promise it will never be a space like a lot of other Facebook communities. We will not have keto Karens in the Facebook. Yeah, no, no keto Karens. You'll understand if you watch the, if you listen to the video, yeah, the podcast you'll hear, but, um, but yeah, we're, we keep that a very safe and welcoming space over there, but without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. We can't wait for you to hear from Mandy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Christina Sangara. We're excited to be here for another week and another podcast interview for all of you. We would like to welcome Mandy Podlesny to the show today. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Hello, hello. Thanks so much. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. So why don't we jump right in and why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about your story with chronic or mysterious illness and then let us know just, yeah, just tell us all about you. Cool. Um, yeah. So hi, everybody. I appreciate you guys all having me on and listening. So when I was 19 and I'm 36 now, I bent down to pick up a shoe and I, my knee snapped and I was diagnosed with a torn meniscus. And after that torn meniscus surgery to fix it, um, I, my, my knee never healed. So I bounced between a bunch of doctors and finally found a doctor that was going to do like an exploratory surgery to kind of clean up and fix things. And after that surgery, my entire body swelled up. So I bounced between doctors all over the East coast, trying to figure out what was going on with me and internally. And obviously it was a significant autoimmune challenge. Um, but I've had doctors ever all over the place tell me that like diet doesn't matter. Lifestyle doesn't matter. Nutrition and, you know, movement doesn't matter. I need to be on these aggressive drugs before I end up in a wheelchair. And, um, yeah, it was a real, real long ongoing, mysteriously still not a hundred percent, but definitely significantly better, um, to my diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis about 12 years later. So that Mm -hmm. is the summary of my story. Um, and as a result of all that inflammation and autoimmunity, um, I've actually had five surgeries in two years, joint knee replacement, ankle replacement, um, elbow surgery, et cetera. So I've been through quite a lot in my (laughs) young age. Um, and But as a result, I do what I do. I'm a health coach, a nutrition trainer. Um, I really utilize um, low-carb ketogenic diets um, for healing properties as well as weight loss. So I do all of that now as a result to help other people and kind of use my story. So that is my little blurb. (laughs) (laughs) So Mandy, I actually completely understand knee stuff. I had ACL, so I tore my ACL and then I also had a bucket handle meniscus tear. I will never forget that recovery. Knee recoveries are something that you just can't describe until you go through it because your knee is used in so many daily functions. (laughs) So I know you went through a lot with that. It took me about a year and a half to recover from that. I'm curious because I know for me and probably for you too, injury involves a certain amount of mental toughness and Mm -hmm. you really have to overcome that, that desire to be that person that you used to be perform the way you used to perform. Do you feel like navigating your injuries, plural, (laughs) has given you more grit with your overall wellness journey too? Yes. Uh, That's funny because I like study a lot of psychology and psychology behind eating. And I've found that like psychology in general, like I can't really be around like the victim mentality. And it's not like that I'm better than. It's just like we all have stuff, right? Like it doesn't matter if you have autoimmune disease or crisis in your family or trauma or whatever it is, we all have stuff and we can either be a victim or a victor. And that's just kind of a principle that I teach um, and I've adopted just because it's like, if I died tomorrow, I had a bomb life. Like my life was great despite everything um, because I just don't identify as like a sick person. I want to overcome that sickness as Mandy, not my sick self, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I feel like some people might get 
low-key offended by that but i feel like we're all on a certain Oops. And, and no 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 i'm not saying it like it's a bad thing let yeah. me expand let everybody's me expand. offended about something Let's yeah go. like we live in a world where everyone's offended by anything what i meant to say with that statement <laughs> is sometimes i feel like we have to be told those things those things that put us outside of our comfort zone so that we can start to take action because a former me would have heard that and been like but that's just too hard life is ridiculous i'm not a control of my body, you know, especially when COVID happened and our business started going crazy. So I think it's actually good. It's like tough love is kind mm -hmm. of what it reminds me of, right? Like you yeah. are telling people the things that they know they need to hear. They might not want to hear it in that moment, but then over time they go, holy shit, she's right. I can't mm -hmm. be a victim anymore. You know what I mean? So I, I think there is yeah. a certain element of tough love in the coaching space that's really important and that you kind of call people on their bullshit a little bit and don't let them play small. We're here to elevate. We're not here to just hold hold hands and keep them where they are. A hundred percent. My dad, my like pivotal moment when I was like really, really sick and bouncing between like diets and supplements and like just very non-healthy relationships with food. And a lot of it, I was significantly underweight. I could barely walk to pick up my bag. I was walking on my toes. My knees were so deformed and I sat down in the car and my dad's like, you look like shit. And I was like, mm but actually you're not wrong. And I just didn't really want to admit it out loud. So yeah, like I kind of do those things intentionally and sometimes not intentionally. So I'm glad that we're all on the same page. I was like, oh great. I've been on this podcast for two minutes and I've offended someone. Um, <laughs> I'm authentically me and like, I am going to be your best friend, but sometimes best friends don't tell you, like they need to tell you the truth and they tell you the thing that you need to hear, not what you want to hear, you know, and not enable that behavior and it's for your own good, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think another, even just like way to say it or another like form of that is like this, like in with chronic illness, how do you, or how would you tell someone like you have to move from like the survival to like thriving? So how do you go from like this? I'm in survival mode, but I want to be in thriving mode because I think that that can be, that can almost seem like impossible to some people when they're still in that state of like, oh my God, I can't even like get out of bed every morning. How the F am I supposed to thrive each day? How am I supposed to be this best person? So how do you work with people or like, what do you tell people who feel that way? One, you have to be grateful because somebody would trade places with you in any moment. And I think that that is just a huge mindset shift. Like my situation right now, or even my situation in the past, somebody would have killed to have legs to have surgery on, you know? And we don't like, we really, really let our stuff overcome like our actual gratefulness in our life. So first and foremost, lead with gratitude. It's a lot of the stuff I teach, like morning rituals and just really thinking about like, how can I see this differently? Like, how can I find an appreciation there and find joy because we, and then it's very easy for us to blame, oh, well, I have XYZ disease and I'm on XYZ medication and I'm on, and then this made me gain weight. Well, I'm fully supportive and understanding of like, cause I've been on the prednisones a million times. Like, yes, does that not help the situation. Sure. But like stuffing our face with pizza, I can actually control that. So it's like, what can you control? And I always talk about like five things you can control your nutrition, your movement, your self-care, your sleep, and your hydration are the five pillars. You can control all of that. You can't control what's going on with you biologically, but if you start controlling those five pillars and intentionally going after each of those every single day, intentionally, you're going to actually start to see a little bit of hope and a little bit of relief, um, cleaning up our diets and all of that all contributes. So, right. It's like, it's like just moving back into that space where, where you have some control, you kind of feel like you still have the say in what's going on in your life. And I think, I think sometimes people think that gratitude or, you know, those types of things can be like toxic positivity, but it's really, I mean, there is a form of toxic positivity for oh, yeah. sure, but yeah. like, but like, it's not that it's like giving, putting you back in the driver's seat. Like, okay, I have this illness. I have this legs that aren't working. I have this thing, but like, what can I do about it? And I think that that is very empowering. That's the word I was looking for. Very empowering <laughs> spot to be versus like disempowering. Yeah, exactly. And Mandy, I love what you're saying about pillars because I do the same thing with my clients. <laughs> 
I say <laughs> that we have to focus on foundational pillars. I actually just did a video recently because we all need cer certain band-aids on this chronic illness journey. And I'm not anti-band-aid, mm -hmm. but what I find is some people will start to use a band-aid and then they stop doing the work on the pillars because mm. they get that temporary relief until that next setback. So I'm always team band-aid doing the work. And then hopefully we need less of the band-aid over time. Like one of my clients was able to get off less of her thyroid medication. That's a great sign. You know, her, yeah. her thyroid is improving. She has thyroid cancer that where they removed some of her thyroid. So anyway, I, I really believe in the pillars for sure. So I love that you said that because I feel like that can give people hope. Hey, there might be 10 things you can't control, but there's 20 that you can. So mm -hmm. I, I love that. What's an example of a simple, you, you talked about morning rituals. I want to circle back to that because I love myself a morning ritual. I just got back from putting my feet on the dirt for 30 minutes. Jessie just got done with her walk. You know, we have our own little flow. What's an example of a simple morning ritual that someone could start with if they don't have a routine right now? If maybe their morning right now is check my phone, hop in the shower, chug some coffee on my way out the door. Oh, I love that you asked this because this is like the number one thing that you can set yourself up for success. Um, it is really honestly like stop looking at like, oh, I have to go do my morning routine because routine sounds exhausting. It's a ritual. It could, my ritual changes every day, depending on if I'm late for the gym, which is normally every day. Um, <laughs> but placing your hand on your heart and just taking a deep breath in and just like breathing out, like a lot of like, literally like just, I know we're on a podcast, but like, like how good does that feel? Mm -hmm, just right. one second intentional breath. If you do that for a couple minutes and just re, -re recenter yourself, you're going to be in a place of empowerment for the rest of the day versus responding. Like you get to be proactive in the decisions that you're making because you're coming from a centered place versus a holy crap. Oh my God, the alarm's going off. The kids are yelling and I need a shower and we're super late and you know, frantic energy versus like, and it's only one second to breathe. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of that meditation, journaling, um, but mostly breathing in the morning and just thinking about things you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. There's power in the pause, power in there the pause. There is. Have you yep. guys heard of the, I just saw this recently. I loved it. She talks about widening the gap from stimulus to response. So mm -hmm. you get stimulated by something, widen the gap. And her, her thing that she does is she takes a deep breath. So let's say she gets triggered by her kid, which having a three-year-old, I can attest. <laughs> so let's say she gets triggered by her kid and her normal response might be to yell or do something that she's not exactly proud of. She takes a deep breath first, pauses, and then she has she's able to respond intentionally versus reactively. So I feel like breath is something that we use and we can use in a lot of areas for sure yeah we live on autopilot pilot a lot of the time and if we just take a moment to breathe and recenter ourselves it's a, there's so much power in that sometimes we think that when we're self-developing like the seas are going to part and the heavens are going to explode and then like magical rainbows are going to be like and i'm cured no it's <laughs> not really how it happens it's like this evolution and growth over a lifetime as a mentor of mine says and then you always evolving but like you don't notice the evolution until you're there mm -hmm. and then you look back and you're like oh i it you know so can we talk about set points for a second real fast because what you just yeah. said reminded me of this how many times do we reach a milestone that we had wanted to reach and then we're like but what's the next thing and mm -hmm. prior self was begging to be where we are right now so i feel like set points can be a little bit dangerous and i feel like gratitude is a great way to navigate that but how many people mm -hmm. do you meet mandy i'm just curious they reach a certain milestone and they're kind of like yeah that's cool it's like you were begging to be here <laughs> six months ago you know um yeah it's about enjoying the journey sometimes we always often forget like oh if i get this then i'm going to feel this and it's like no you have to feel what you're feeling as if it's already happening and that could be spiritual and um, woo woo a little bit, but it is truly factual. It's like, okay, yeah. And I've been there myself. Like you achieve all these business goals and like do all of these things despite everything in my life. And then once I hit this one business goal, I actually cried because I was mm -hmm. just like, people are like, go celebrate. And I was like, shoot, like, I don't <laughs> feel like, yes, this is what I've wanted for so long, but I actually grinded through and I didn't really enjoy the journey. I just got there. And it's like, so now I'm very aware of like, 
okay, if this doesn't feel good, or if I'm in a place of resistance and it's all messy and chaotic, whether that's your business or life or anything, if it doesn't feel good, stop and evaluate it because you're going to get there, but you're not going to be fulfilled once you get there. Fulfillment comes within. And I think also too, I do love having that set point and enjoying the journey, but where I often see myself included is like, if you don't set the next GPS coordinate, you're just going to founder and kind of plateau and if not get lost. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that in my own self-development journey and my business and stuff like that, if you don't set that next goal, you really are going to just sail all over the place and going nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with, uh, with that. So one thing that I, that I'm interested to kind of circle back to a little bit is nutrition. So I know that this is like a very big pillar. Um, to be honest in my own healing journey, this is the hardest pillar for me. I have a background of disordered eating patterns. And then, you know, you get into this chronic illness space and I feel like every coach, every doctor that I've worked with has thrown a different diet at me. Right. And, and Mm. in the end for me, it did more harm than good. But on the other end, I know that there are foods that, that bother me that, um, that I shouldn't be eating for my health, but it's kind of hard to get past the, like, I don't want to be restricted. I don't want to do this, whatever. So I guess my question kind of around that is, um, now I just lost my question. Once again. <laughs> do you think I think I know you're, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think that like some of this, I feel like some of the, the dieting and nutrition can be a little bit harmful depending on who you're working with and where it's coming from, because there's, there's so many messages. And then also like, how can we help repair damaged relationships with food? If it's something that we have to do for our health. Yeah. I, this is like a, we could do a whole seven podcasts on this, probably unpacking it. Um, my first and foremost advice, cause I've struggled with this too. Like I thought kale and chicken was the only thing I could safely eat, but like then I developed these food relationship issues. Like it was very, very difficult for me because you're just trying to seek solutions from the very thing that's actually keeping you trapped. So Mm -hmm. my first thing is like kind of get tunnel vision. And before you're going to seek all these, well, maybe that doctor has this solution or that diet has that solution and X, Y, Z take a breath go internal, what feels good for you? What makes Mm. the most sense for you? What does actually work for you? Um, and if you know your triggers, then that's fine. I'm actually in the exact same place right now that I'm not real. Like, I know I need to go back to more healthy eating and stuff like that. But because of the mind complex that I had struggled with before, I was just not really willing to do that. I'm ready now. And I need to find practitioners to help me that feel aligned, but that's not only is the nutritional problem, it's like finding practitioners that are able to really help you from based on their background. Cause there's just a lot, but it, it really fundamentally comes down to you have to be in control and you have to be empowered. Then you need to find a team of support to help you and then do that plan, but express these issues with that person that's supporting you with your team that is supporting you. Because I, I don't know if I never have to have chicken and waffles ever again, because that's just how my body is designed. Right. I've played with carnivore and I actually really had a lot of results with that. Um, but that was like my own science experiment, but I was in the right state of mind to be able to execute that, um, as well. So it really is just like this nutrition portion is trying to find a needle in a haystack without the help. Um, but I think it is like your energy behind the decision. Okay. So say you're really genuinely cannot ever have chicken waffles again. Okay. I'm willing to never have chicken waffles again because I'm going to get healed. But if Mm -hmm. I'm healed, is that chicken and waffles really worth it? No. But on the same aspect of that, our thought processes behind that chicken and waffles causing that stress, causing that fear is actually impacting you equally as much as just the components of the chicken and waffle. So I think it is just a fine line of like, this might sound weird, but like I bless my food and I just like when I know that like gluten will trigger me, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Uh, thank you for this food. Thank you for the nourishment. And I really appreciate, you know, what, how you're feeling my body and no impact that it's going to take. And I don't eat the entire loaf of bread. I have a little bit to satisfy that. Like, Oh, this is delicious. Cause this is a delicious combination of food, but we don't overindulge as well. So I'm super passionate about that topic and thank you for bringing that up because I think it's important for people to understand. So Mandy, 
Jesse knows this. I complain <laughs> about this damn diet all the freaking time. <laughs> what diet am I talking about, Jesse? That would be the histamine diet. <laughs> uh, okay. So not going to go into my insomnia story because listeners at this point would be like, shut up. But I will say <laughs> in a, in a bid to try and solve that, I went through a lot of things. And one of the things I recognized was I have a histamine issue. So I went on this low histamine diet and Jesse talks about eating disorder behavior. I literally felt like I was starting to fear mangoes and bananas and strawberries because yeah. the low histamine diet is really restrictive. You can't right. have actually really healthy foods. You also can't have fermented foods, which are really good for your gut. So long story short, I actually ended up creating worse gut dysbiosis, which made my histamine issues worse because now I wasn't having those amazing ferments that are really good for, for your gut. Mm -hmm. And I had more nutritional deficiencies because I wasn't getting a whole variety. So I really am passionate about finding something that works, but also finding something where you don't start to fear things that generally should nourish you unless you have a true allergy. And mm -hmm. to your point, Mandy, how much do you think, especially with all the people you work with, how much do you think, you know, I'm starting to realize the gut seems to be the command center. So if our gut can get to a good place, I noticed when I started eating fermented food again, all of a sudden the foods I was reacting to started to diminish. So this morning I had an avocado, I had zero symptoms. About hmm. six months ago, I was reacting to pretty much everything I ate. So I completely resonate with your story. What are your thoughts, your, your musings, on gut health as it relates to reactions because ideally the goal is that we can have a, a variety right we don't want to have to be restricted but in the interest mm -hmm. of quality of life i get restriction is important while we figure ourselves out but what are your thoughts on gut health do you think that's a big player oh 100 i think i haven't even figured out mine like i get the basic nutrition my biology certifications it took me a really long time to get there i have to have a team of um practitioners in my wheelhouse because I don't understand the layers of that or can I have chicken and waffles will that <laughs> I have this vision of like tearing out my gut lining and like I don't know yeah, I, just, right. I don't I I fully believe that like my gut all of our guts are contributing to a lot of autoimmunity and I think healing the gut and figuring that out but again it's not like okay don't ever eat gluten again or and then you're cured I think they're just it's custom to that person and you need to really find somebody that can take a look at the gut bacteria and like your processes and your pathways and all of that to figure out what's actually going on. Like if somebody has super complicated stuff like that, I always defer them to like find a medical practitioner that can help because I just, that's just not my wheelhouse. I can teach you paleo, low carb lifestyle principles, et cetera. But the healing of the gut is something I'm super interested in. It's just, I don't understand it for myself and it's very, very, very complicated, but it does contribute to literally everything. I fully agree. Yeah, the gut is amazing. And I feel like we have a lot of scientific data, but I want to see it more mainstream. I want to mm -hmm. see all doctors, Western, Eastern, talking about it more than they do now. Usually if you go to the doctor complaining of digestive issues, for example, they usually won't mention gut health. You know, they'll they'll say that IBS. you have anxiety or <laughs> IBS or anxiety or depression, right? Top three. I actually, yeah. I had that issue. They said I had anxiety. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know I tend to be a little neurotic, but you know, me pooping my brains out is not anxiety. I feel pretty good other than that. <laughs> yeah. I have anxiety because I'm pooping my brains yeah, out. Yeah. Right? I have anxiety because yes. I've been on the toilet 10 times a day. Yeah. And it's funny to your point, the last practitioner I did work with a couple of years ago, like I was having like, I do definitely think I have some ADHD issues, but like they're exacerbated based on, I forget how he's explaining it, but like I had some pathogens in there, um, candida in there that actually impacts like your brain and your functionality. So like a lot of this stuff like is misdiagnosed ADHD, you need XYZ pharmaceutical to cure that. And I was on all that, but then once I like pulled off of it, started working with like natural practitioners and like teams that I felt more aligned with, I felt significantly better. I mean, mm. it's, it like, that is just one example. I thought that I was just like, needed to go get my brain trained or something. I don't know. I was like very complicated. And then once I started taking some supplements and really detoxifying and the way they explained it was like a pathogen was creating ammonia and I wasn't like um, releasing the ammonia, which was causing like just cognition issues. So mm. um, it's all impacted for sure. 
myself personally, as well as like, so I think all of us need to like probably improve our gut health a little bit more than we are. And I loved what you said about like finding, finding a practitioner, finding someone to work with. And I think that just a reminder, because for people listening is like, you can work with someone and then decide not to, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, because for me, I had, uh, like an FNTP who was like, you have to eat keto. All of my clients have, have been great on keto. And I'm like, okay, but when I eat a lot of meat, I get a lot of nausea. I don't feel well. I have really bad constipation. And she's like, cool, you still got to do keto. And I was in it. So it was really hard because yeah, going through like this. Um, and she basically toward the end of the program, blamed the fact that I didn't make a ton of progress on the fact that I didn't do keto correctly. And I was like, right, but you triggered my, um, my eating disorder. You triggered like all of these like stress hormones in me. Every time I knew I was going to have a call with you, I was stressed about it because I knew that I didn't eat perfectly keto that week. And, and I told Mm. you in the beginning that eating too much meat didn't work for me. And I think that like finding a practitioner, a coach, a nutritionist, someone to work with who is going to look at you as your own person. And if you come to them and you're like, I want to eat lower carb, but I, I want to eat, you know, pescatarian lower carb. Like, how can I do that? Or like, you know, just things that you find somebody to work with, that'll work through that with you. And then I think another thing is that you don't always have to put a, um, like a label on stuff. So that was, that's something that I'm still learning. I I'm going through this phase right now (laughs) that as I'm talking to people (laughs) that eat like low carb and I'm like, I want to eat vegan. And then I'm like, well, no, because some, some of the healthier vegan foods like don't work because for me bacon, and- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yes. then, bacon, you know, but then, yes. yeah, but then my, my girl, <laughs> yeah. My husband's like, okay, so eat mostly plant-based. And when you want to have bacon or chicken and waffles, because that sounds amazing, like have that yeah, <laughs> and then eat more plants when you do. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I don't have to be keto. I don't have to be paleo. I don't have to be a low histamine. I don't have to be, I mean, obviously some people, you might have to go through a period where you have to do something like that to like heal some stuff, but make sure you're working with someone that's listening to you and, and also just understand that you don't have to put a label on everything. Cause that's what I'm learning. <laughs> I want to hug you. Uh, this is the weird business stuff that I've been going through as well as my own, because I, when I said I did carnivore, I like, but you read the carnivore diet, the books, right? And this also triggered back to when I was doing paleo, I was like, Mark Sisson says that I can never have beans ever. And I was like, but I like hummus. And I was like, so dedicated to like Mark Sisson. Mark Sisson's amazing, like for sure. But it was just like, I felt like a responsibility that he was like in my kitchen watching me. And then this triggered (laughs) it again, that feeling when I was doing carnivore, because I, it's like no coffee, no monk fruit, no nothing. And I was like, yeah, girl cannot have coffee every day. And I did do it for like two or three days, but I'm like a complex because Sean, Dr. Sean Baker says to not do up like that. Like I don't owe Sean Baker anything. I can mandivore, like make mm-hmm. your own diet. So I've created that as well as I've moved from being a keto low carb nutrition coach to an empowered eating coach for that exact reason. Yeah. Have and be empowered behind your decision. If you want to eat a peach, eat a peach. Right. Yes. Reach. <laughs> and from now on, Christina Vore, Jesse Vore, 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 Vore to everyone who goes on their own path. I love this. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm taking from this, I myself feel this, is that when we align with what our body is telling us, we actually just recently did an interview about body talk, listening to your body. So this really resonates. When we listen to our body and we say, hey, body, do you like this? It doesn't matter if it doesn't subscribe to that perfect diet. If our body is communicating Mm -hmm. with us that it enjoys something, then let's keep going down that path and let's not feel like that person is staring us down in the kitchen. Because I think Mm -hmm. in our quest to have the perfect diet and the perfect everything, we really forget to listen to what our body's telling us. Our body speaks every single day. It tells us a lot of Mm -hmm. things. And I actually think when we go too restrictive, like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. the mental issues that can arise from that far outweigh the physical stuff that prompted us to ever get, you know, onto that diet in the first place. So, yeah. And perfect according to who, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. According to who am I doing this right? Right. According to who? 
So I wanted to ask something, Mandy. I listened to another podcast episode because I stalk our guests a little bit before they come on. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. I enjoy it. It's a hobby <laughs> of mine. You talked in a prior episode or a prior episode, prior episode of this podcast in another yeah. podcast. You talked about willpower and I liked your stance on willpower because I feel like willpower is a word that should probably go away because I feel like it's so much bigger than just willpower. I am curious about and basically, you were talking about how not everyone is ready for the journey, okay? The healing mm -hmm. journey takes a lot. It takes a lot. And sometimes we're not ready. And I think that's okay. And some people will really try to stay the course, even though they're not ready. And then what happens there is they start to blame themselves. They start to blame the program. They start to blame the whatever. And that's just not a good experience. So I'm curious, if someone's not ready and you can see that they're not ready, how would you communicate to that? Communicate that to them, but also what would you recommend they do to get themselves to a place where now they feel like, okay, I'm ready to do the work. Oh, wow. Um, I always ask like their commitment level, like a scale from one to 10, how ready are you for change? Mm. That kind of pre pre-qualifies like somebody that I would work, work with. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to waste your time, money or energy. And I don't want to waste my time or money. And I don't really want to give you, take your money if you're not ready because mm -hmm. what's the point? So kind of just transparent triggering Mandy sometimes. I just say what <laughs> the needs to be said and call it like it is. And like, and I always ask questions. I'm always like, do you have permission to coach you? Like, is it okay if I be very direct? Like I'm not complete jerk off, but, but sometimes I'm just like, hey, if they hit me up four times and have been complaining in my DMs and then finally I'm like, all right, are you ready or not? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so then I'll do kind of more of the, a-hole approach but um <laughs> but if they just dm me and it's a brand new follower so i don't want to scare everyone but like if you're like we're feeling each other out i'm gonna ask a bunch of questions and i'll be able to ask like hey are you ready like what what if, what's your diet like now what are what's going on in your life that's a stressor or a sabotaging behavior that you've been noticing and like i can kind of just tell from those responses like if they're ready or not mm -hmm. um because like how many times can we blame the quarantine it, like right, right. quarantine 15 for example if you're leading with the quarantine 15 story which we all have one i'm sure like you know but it's two years now and it's like mm -hmm. okay like are we still here or are we ready to go so i think there's that and then too it's like okay what can you do today because we put us pressure on ourselves i'm gonna start monday and i'm gonna finally do it and i'm gonna muster up the willpower that actually takes so much more energy and focus and, pr and puts so much pressure on ourselves versus just taking a deep breath and being like, okay, what can I do that was different from the last meal? What can I do different than it was yesterday? We subscribe to this whole, I'm going to start Monday, join the gym, go to the gym seven days a week. But woman, you don't even have sneakers. Like let's dial it back a little bit and remove that pressure. Cause like that drama and that like feeling is created because of since we've been young, our traumas, our, our identification to our diseases that we have, all of that stuff also contributes to why you are or are not ready. So I think it's just, but at the end of the day though, too, there's really no time to, you're never going to be actually ready mm -hmm. either, you know, fully ready. And I, and I say that with love and kindness, cause I have been going through that. My autoimmune stuff's like super triggered and flary right now. So I'm kind of in a place where I just need to like recalibrate too. Was I ready three months ago? No, my life was super chaotic. Um, but now I'm like, okay, mentally, emotionally, like things have kind of died down, but I still need to make that a priority as well. You can't keep doing what you're doing and expecting different results. Cause that's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and it's again, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, it's like getting your, you're disempowering yourself by, by doing that. And I think that like giving, putting yourself back into a place of control, or at least like, what can I do right now? Like, okay, I can't, I can't start this diet on Monday, but I'm going to start today on Thursday, incorporating more vegetables, or I'm going to incorporate, you know, this or this or, or this morning ritual, or I'm going to, you know, and I think that, that that can be really empowering. So Jesse, I like what yep. you said. It made me think that it's stepping into a place of abundance and stepping right. out of a place of scarcity because you can create and then the abundance just kind of proliferates in a good way over time mm -hmm. i like that word proliferate that was very <laughs> academic of me that was very good yeah i didn't need a dictionary but if 
with a biology course, I would probably have to, but I did really well. I'm like the Tony Robbins of nutrition. I take all of the crazy psychology concepts or like nutrition concepts. And I just, I'm like, how can I apply this and pass the test without needing to know every single pathway and process? Okay. Meat, it- veggies, healthy fats, move your body, drink water and get good sleep and get good hydration. That's what I teach. Cause most people don't even do that. Yeah, no right. one cares if ketones are, no one cares if your ketones are produced in the liver and like when they beta hydroxybutyrate and all that, no one cares. It's You're like right. going into the cockpit and being like, how do I fly the plane? No, sit your butt down and trust <laughs> the plane for your body. It really is. Yeah. And I think there's different levels too, right? So maybe yeah. your level right now is the basics. And then like myself, I nerd out on things now, but when I'm in a flare or I'm not feeling it, you're right. I just want to focus on the basics. I feel like biohacking, the whole world of biohacking definitely has levels and it's good to stay and honor wherever level you're at and not feel like you said, well, I didn't check this today. Something's wrong. No, it's okay. <laughs> you're just on level one. There's like 10. You can just relax yeah. and you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every day can be a different level. Like some days I'm like, oh my God, what did Dr. Mary Newport put out about Alzheimer's and reading a study? And I'm like, okay, it took me like 40 minutes to read it, but I got it. I was super excited. <laughs> and then there's days where I'm like, no, MCT oil is great, but like, I don't need to explain to you or anyone like how it produces ketones in the body. And yeah, no. So I different, I vary it. I vary my nerdiness too. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is biohacking for like people that don't know? I feel like it's like a buzzword that a lot of people are using. And sometimes I'm like, is that actual by actually biohacking? Or are you just like taking some weird supplement? Like, what does that, (laughs) what does biohacking mean? Yeah. I don't really, that's an old page one sheet we all have. Um, I don't really identify as like a biohacker as much as I do now as the empowered eating coach, but, um, biohacking really is but it's just, again, people overcomplicate or think it needs to be this like super nerdy thing. It's just hacking your body to perform the way it's biologically designed. Like that's all it is. It's whether or not you want to do the keto diet for six to eight weeks, never have pizza, get fat adapted and, you know, really do it to get your body to produce ketones, or you can drink exogenous ketones. Like, and then that's then getting ketosis and reap those benefits. How, and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like, okay, technology evolves. So does supplements involve like evolve or there's herbs and things like that. Like it's just hacking your way there versus trying to aggressively do it like Rocky, right? He poured 17 eggs in a glass and drank them every morning because there was no protein shakes back then. So Mm -hmm. it's like now, okay, we're no longer drinking egg whites and all, all of that. We're drinking a delicious, uh, you know, protein shake that tastes good, but also check your ingredients. Cause there's a whole nother layer there too, but you know what I mean? It's like technology evolved. It's like, why would you walk to the store when you can now drive and driving right. is very safe and we can all argue, well, I'm not going to drive the car. Cause I may or may not get into an accident. There's a whole, those audiences, but like most people will feel way happier trying to figure out how I can drive versus walk. So I was actually just thinking, um, <laughs> I, used to be way too into biohacking and it used to give me anxiety because Mm -hmm. i'm such a i'm such a an achiever so when i try something i want to be really good at it you know even if it's with regards to my health so i love that you're saying this it makes me feel like i can step off the biohacking gas a little bit (laughs) and just live my (laughs) life Yes. I think Dave Asprey may have coined that phrase. Yes. I don't understand half I know. of the crap that comes out of his mouth. I'm I like, know. just tell me how to feel better yeah. and how much <laughs> right. bulletproof coffee I'm supposed to drink for yes. my brain. Like, I don't <laughs> right. know. Well, and there's I something think I to be... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and then he, like, I saw some sort of, like, meditation device that he has now. I'm like, so if you really want to know what biohacking is, he's got all of the cool things. Oh, yeah. But, he's like, like the OG. not necessary. Yeah, it's like not necessary. It really fundamentally, I get on a tangent about this because this is also the diet paradigm or like the, like our programming in general that like we're, yes, biohacking is great for your body, but like we just think, are we doing it right? Like, what's the best way? No, the best way is you and you feeling like I want to wear a meditation device on my head to make me feel good because David Asper said so. If that feels good to you, cool. That does not do anything for me. Mm hmm. So well, I just think you have to figure out what of those hacks and tools would be good for you to build your house, because I'm not going to take a hammer to Jesse. It's like, that doesn't, you know, that's not my 
right. biological process or whatever. So it's just understanding, like figure out what works best for you and do it consistently. Like yeah. you can't try it for three days and be like, this shit didn't work. Like that mm-hmm. also plays a factor too, but do your best. If it feels good, keep going. Cause the feel good feelings will continue. But if you're having this resistance and yes, there's going to be a little bit of resistance, but if you're having a massive anxiety attack, because you are trying to biohack your body, the biohacking thing that you're doing is probably not really the best for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and biohacking usually goes hand in hand with data. And I feel like there's such a thing as too much data. I had right. this feeling the other day. I was in a Facebook group. <gasps> Surprise. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's, right? Every guest we've had, we all agree <laughs> those Facebook groups real triggering. Anyway, I had this epiphany in this group that all of these people posting, that this one is for genetic issues. So mm. people go in here, though, and they, I don't want to say they become hypochondriacs, but they definitely spend their life worrying about every little thing now that they have this right. data. Right. And it got me thinking, I don't think I want to order that test after all, because I feel pretty good these days. I don't know if I need more data that's then just going to make me feel like I have yet another thing that I need to enhance. And really, do I need to enhance it? That's what we just we forget. The body at its core is already intuitive, regardless of any data. And we really can Mm -hmm. tap into just talking to our body more than we do. We don't necessarily need it printed on a piece of paper. I do believe in testing, maybe like Mm -hmm. cortisol, hormones, things like that. That is helpful. But when we start getting deeper into that data and getting deeper into, I don't know, I, I sometimes wonder... Maybe it's personality too. Maybe it's because I'm super neurotic and OCD and I, again, I'm an achiever, but I really do feel like data can be damaging and it can make us feel like all of these things are wrong when really that's just who we are. And yes, we can course correct, but I've never not felt some sort of anxiety when I got deeper with the data, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. You get into an analysis paralysis. Like, oh, well, And then it kind of perpetuates this like, well, man, I'm really, my body's really messed up. And then you perpetuate that narrative instead of being like, I love my body. Thank you, my body. I appreciate your body. Um, Yeah. Somebody, I like somebody made it like really good sense. Like we're reading all my test results and they're like, your body's actually doing exactly what it's supposed to based on the information that you're giving it and like what is going on internally. So I think Mm -hmm. it's just taking your custom report and having somebody that you trust, or if you're able to do it yourself, like just analyze it. And again, like what feels good to you? Like, okay, well, my body's doing this and this. I don't really appreciate the crazy ADHD symptoms. How can I detox the ammonia from my gut? And let's start there. And then you feel better, but it's like phases, right? Like if you're eating like trash every day, I don't think that you're really ready for a gut healing protocol. You know what I mean? Right. Clean up first. So we get the cart before the horse. And it's so funny that I'm talking about this out loud. And I'm like, oh, I'm coaching myself, but it's totally in my business applications. Like, oh, I want to buy this course. And oh, maybe they're doing that. And maybe, oh, well, maybe this will work or that will work. It's like, no, it all works. It's what I'm willing to do and what feels good, you know, but Mm -hmm. these are life principles, not just diet, nutrition, healing or chronic illnesses. Like this is everyday life. Like for sure, you know, Mm -hmm. get, we get the cart before the horse so often. And it's like, okay, what makes me feel good right in this moment? And what do I need to feel good in the next moment? And then that's what you need to do first. Mm-hmm. And then maybe go on a data diet in between, <laughs> you know, but maybe only do that once or twice a year versus mm-hmm. every quarter, as an example. You mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like just finding a balance that works for you. For me, Jesse, I know you too. We, we have to test our thyroid fairly often. I test my hormones mm-hmm. a decent amount. Beyond that, I decided I'm not going to do the deeper stuff because I want to work, Mandy, like you said, on the foundational things first, see what improvements I can have and mm-hmm. then pay the three, four, five, six hundred dollars for these other tests. You know, oh, yeah, one of the tests I was going to do was neurotransmitters. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, all the foundational stuff will help my neurotransmitters. So let me try that first and see if I feel an improvement before I go and actually spend money on that test. Mm-hmm. Yeah doing it from an aligned empowered place versus like yes. expecting that this is going to be the solution. This doctor, I swear, is going to have all the answers. Right. Okay. No, you have the answers. You just have to be in charge and we lose confidence in that. Yeah. And then we just see like these shiny objects of like, Oh, well she healed her body like in two days. Well, what's wrong with me? Well, you don't understand what's going on in her biology. 
that's why I listen. My Facebook community is like the number one thing. Like I love it heart and soul. Like I love it. And Mm -hmm. I like, I really want to create an amazing community, but you get into these tens of thousands of people in these communities. And it's like, keto Karens are telling you about this. Well, (laughs) I don't like this. And then it's like, what the, so yeah, it's funny. I'm just like, okay. Keto Karen. I I love that. that. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually just did a Facebook post the other day. It was just like, can we all stop judging each other for like where we're at in our journeys? And if somebody wants to use supplements, cause like there's just zealots everywhere. And yes. it's just like, mm-hmm. you can't, you're making based on your facts and your experience, not based on that person. You know, you're judging that person. It's like, okay, but why are we judging that person? Well, what's triggering about that person mm-hmm. that you are making them judge? And what do you lack in your side? Cause what triggers you is about you mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What triggers you is about you. Okay, mic drop moment right there. I'm going to use that from now from now on. If I piss someone off, I'm going to say you're triggered. What triggers you is about you. <laughs> we'll see how well that Why goes in my, with my hubby. <laughs> okay, well, listen. I, let's disclaim. I am not a counselor in any varying degree. I think, Mandy, I was going to come think, back and give you credit. That fra- I think that phrase comes from the four agreements or something. Mm-hmm. I've heard it at, like several times. But yeah, I mean, we're all reflections, you know. And then you, and then too, when you, oh, what's the phrase? It's like. When you put somebody on a pedestal and you believe in their potential and not what there actually is, it's because a part of you doubts yourself or something like the psychology behind it. It's like you put somebody on the pedestal because you believe in them so much. But like, why do you believe in them so much? It's probably a reflection of something that you feel lacking. Mm-hmm. I can dig it. Absolutely. But listen, okay, if so- your husband calls me because you got him, you pissed up. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, well, this is super fun. We're winding down. We're almost at the end of the interview. So I definitely, Jesse and I have some good questions we want to make sure we touch on that we like to ask all of our guests. Before we do that, one question that I definitely wanted to ask you, you talked about deep breathing. What are just two or three more small daily habits that you love to do on a daily basis to love on yourself, your body, your mental health, all the things? Um, I actually really enjoy working out and I wasn't able to do it. And actually, um, this time last year I had to like take a whole bunch of time off. And, um, so I like going to the gym. That's like my self love meditation in a weird way. Like I get really good ideas while I'm like lifting weights. It's the weirdest thing ever, but it's something I do several times a week. Um, and then I pro tip for everyone, two pro tips, one, stop sleeping with your phone. Um, because you're literally reacting to things that you can't control. Again, going from an empowered place, not a reactionary one, because you don't know who's Susie from accounting sending you an email because you messed up your expense report. And that's the first thing you're seeing at 6 a.m. So you're pissed off at Susie from accounting and that sets up your day horribly. Um, So get yourself centered first and then check your phone. And then two, set alarms on your phone. So alarms to like kind of disrupt this whole um, patterning, like we just wake up at 6am and then all of a sudden it's 5pm and we're face first into a burrito or a fridge and we don't have any idea why. To prevent all of that um, is really like checking in with yourself, like, hey, set an alarm, break whatever you're doing, check the alarm, turn the alarm off. You can even change the alarm to like an affirmation that you need to say to yourself just to re-remind yourself how freaking awesome you are. Um, Just to break up the day because we live so much on autopilot we need to get back to mindfulness so those are just tips I do Mm -hmm. so how do you work with people and if people were interested in connecting with you or finding you online what would be the best place for them to do that um instagram at more mandy p that is my little home that i'm trying to build up there because the facebook's uh like to put me in the sin bin a lot (laughs) of the time so i've been building (laughs) i've been building on instagram a lot. So please go to at more Mandy P um, or my website, mandyp.com. And then um, you can find my Facebook community and stuff like that. So I do a low carb and powder eating Facebook group. That's really awesome. And you can keto burrito, whatever you would like, will love and support you. My goal is to make you feel better than when I found you. <laughs> mm, love that. We'll have all that stuff in the show notes. So people will be able to find you that way as well. So I guess our last question is, is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners today or leave them with or anything that we might've missed? Um, Consider yourself hugged. I'm a huge hugger. Um, Chronic illness and stuff like that is like obviously a special place in my heart. Um, You know, it's just, 
I struggle with it, you know, and um, mm-hmm. just consider yourself hugged and loved. And then don't afraid, be afraid to like ask for help. Um, even if you don't even know what like help really looks like, because sometimes we just like internalize it. That was like one thing I didn't, if I didn't go 12 years and actually communicated, like I'm actually really messed up and I really, really don't even know what, where to even start to like get the help that I need. Um, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have been needing all those surgeries and stuff. So just ask for help, like find somebody that you trust to like take the first baby step. Cause sometimes, yes, it is very overwhelming to like build a health practitioner team and like keep hiring and firing doctors. Like it's very, very frustrating. I get it, but find somebody that can advocate for you and with you and be a sounding board and ask for that help because it's so important. And my DM is always open. Like if you're like, Hey, uh, I need some help. Like if you don't even know who to even ask, like I genuinely will help you. And I just don't want anyone to ever struggle alone. Cause that was something I really did. And I never want that for anyone. So yeah, oh, I love that profound. We know. I love that word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We, oh my gosh. We, <laughs> profound, proliferate. I love that word. Gonna... <laughs> profound is a great way to describe something that's powerful and impactful. Yeah. I just use it all the time. So it's dying a slow death, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Perfect. Well, we really appreciated having you on the show today and everybody, we will have all the links um, so that you can go and connect with Mandy in the show notes, as well as on all of our Instagram and everywhere. Once this episode goes live. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We really appreciated having you. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks so much guys. Appreciate it. You guys are amazing. (laughs) 